From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Rob Nice, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Rob Nice. Welcome, everybody, to the weekend edition of the Black and Blue Report. How is everybody? I know everybody has a, has a table full of candy right now. You put some in your purse. You put some in your pocket to take to work today. Some of you guys don't even have work or school because if it's a holiday for some of you guys, just wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for tuning in and logging on to NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, or downloading the podcast. My name is Rob Nice. We have my man, producer Daniel, who is here in Studio B, and we have a great show for you guys. And uh, the day after Halloween, the day after People put on costumes. The main thing that I learned, because I lived in downtown New Orleans, I live there right now, is uh, anybody that, that does makeup and, and have these elaborate costumes, the, the number one rule, you have to bring a change of clothes. There's nothing like pulling out of the garage this morning and seeing people walk to their cars in their Halloween costumes. It's a sight to see. To me, it's better than Halloween night. Just Go outside of your house uh, the day after Halloween, particularly early in the morning, and you'll see some people still in costumes. I know my nephew. He doesn't want to take his off, but he's two, and he, and he thinks he's Iron Man. But <laughs> I see some adults walking around downtown New Orleans uh, uh, dressed as, as everything you can imagine. And the number one costume this year was uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. I, I may have seen about uh, 20 or 30 of those guys dressed in those yellow yellow suits with, with the mask, the breathing mask on, and, and the beard and the bald heads and the glasses. So kudos to you guys that watch Breaking Bad. On, the, on today's show, we're going to be talking with Eric Allen. Not the former cornerback. He actually used to play for the Saints. Not that Eric Allen. But we're going to talk to Eric Allen from the New York Jets. He's going to preview this Sunday's matchup against the Saints as they travel up to New Jersey and head to MetLife Stadium. We're going to ha hear from Jim Eichenhofer. He's the senior writer for the New Orleans Pelicans. He is in Orlando right now. We, we see if we can wake him up or, or get him out of shoot-around as the Pelicans prepare to face the Orlando Magic tonight. We'll talk to J.D., John DeShazer. He's getting ready to head to New Jersey with the black and gold. We'll get his thoughts on not only the Saints, but the Pelicans as well. And speaking of Pelicans, we'll hear from forward Lance Thomas. Uh, he's all over the place for the Pelicans. He's an energy guy, and, and we'll talk about uh, what is his thoughts on his role with the team under head coach Monty Williams. So get ready. Go change into your regular clothes. Get that costume off from Halloween. We have more of the Black and Blue Report coming up next. M-Life presents Winning Wonderland at Beau Rivage. Win your share of up to $2 million in free play. Drawings every Friday and Sunday from 6 to 10 p.m. And don't miss your chance to drive away in a 2014 Lexus ES350. Drawings December 1st and December 29th. Fill your sleigh or Lexus with free play. Winning Wonderland. You belong at the Beau. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Opening week continues as your New Orleans Pelicans take flight tomorrow night when the Bobcats come to town. Be there to see the new-look Pelicans take the court. Plus, meet the Pelicans' new mascot. It's a Pepsi friends and family night where you can get four tickets, hot dogs, chips, and Pepsi starting as low as $128. 
Tip-off 7 p.m. of the Pelicans' best pregame block party gets underway at 5.30. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. The Black and Blue Report continues right now. Of course, I got to say it. I got to say it. It's the weekend edition. Hello, everyone. Rob Nyson, welcome back. And on the phone, fresh from today's shoot-around, as the New Orleans Pelicans prepare to face the Orlando Magic in Orlando, we have Jim Eichenhopper from Pelicans.com. Jim, how's it going? I'm doing great, Rob. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, any any latest updates that you can give us coming from the shoot-around leading up to tonight's game? Sure. I think uh, one of the biggest emphasis tonight is going to be that uh, obviously they want to put together four quarters. They played great in the first half against Indiana Wednesday, but uh, had a rough uh, second half and and uh, squandered the lead. So um, I think that's one of the biggest keys. Also, just taking better shots. They had, if they're in a situation again where it's tight down the stretch like Wednesday, they want to be a little bit more patient and not uh, force up some shots the way they did against the Pacers. Now, can you describe tonight's uh, matchup? You you have Oladipo, so you have a rookie and you have a young guy in him. You have Jameer Nelson, who's a veteran point guard. But other than that, the the team has made some moves over the past couple of seasons, and and they're trying to find their true identity. But what type of matchup do they pose against the Pelicans? Well, the Pelicans actually played them twice in preseason, so I I feel like we've seen them a lot in in just the past few weeks. Um, I mean, they're they're a young team. There's no no doubt of, that they're kind of pointing towards two or three years from now not necessarily, um, you know, focused on trying to make the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm sure that's something they'd love to do, but it, it might be a little bit unrealistic. But, um, you know, uh, you know, they're just a, they're just kind of a building team. And I, they've actually played pretty well in the first two games. They gave the Pacers a, a really tough game, and they took the Timberwolves overtime. Both of those are on the road. So they've actually been probably better than, than anyone expected just through these first two games, even though they lost both of them. And one of those players that I would look forward to seeing uh, from Orlando, and, and he had a pretty good showing in preseason, is uh, Tobias Harris. I, I'm a big fan of his and, 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 and the energy that he gives, even coming from Milwaukee in, in his second year in the NBA. Can you talk about the matchups or the problems that he poses uh, to the Pelicans' defense? Yeah, well, well, the Pelicans actually are catching a bit of a break because he's out with a, with a left ankle sprain. Um, and they actually don't have a timetable for his uh, return right now. But, um, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing him play, too, because he's, uh, he did a lot of good things in the, la- in the second half of last season after he got traded to uh, the Magic from the Bucks. He's a pretty versatile guy, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's definitely going to help them a lot, but uh, he's actually not going to play tonight. So, you know, I guess that's a, that's a good thing just only for the Pelicans. Jim Eichenhopper, ladies and gentlemen, he's got the latest from the New Orleans Pelicans uh, go- going up against the Orlando Magic this evening. Now, Jim, we come home tonight and we face the Charlotte Bobcats at the New Orleans Arena. Now, the, the the arena was absolutely packed for opening night. Couldn't quite get the win against the Indiana Pacers. It was a close one, but we took a team that, that took Miami to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. So a lot of things to, to hang their heads up high. But for the fans that, that maybe uh, haven't been to, to see the Pelicans this season or throughout the preseason, What's a good reason to come check out the Pelicans this Saturday at the New Orleans Arena? Well, I think that there's just a lot more talent on the roster this year. There's a lot more guys that can create, you know, their own shot and can kind of get other guys open. Um, I I really enjoyed watching them in preseason. I got to watch all eight preseason games, including the road games. And um, it's just a, it's a, it's a more, uh, it's a, it's a more fun style of, of basketball. 
And obviously, based on the record that they had in preseason, it, it, it's been a, it was a lot more successful than last season, too. So um, I would say that, that that would be what I would tell people. I mean, there's just a lot of young talent on this team, a lot of guys that are in their early 20s that are, that are uh, you know, kind of rising stars, especially Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. So, uh, I mean, I'm excited to watch these guys this season. It's, it's, like I said, I had fun even in, in preseason, which a lot of people don't really have a lot of enthusiasm for but it's it's just been uh it's been enjoyable so far very exciting they're they're up and down and they they do have the flashy plays but they they are also running uh the offense like a veteran team even though they are young and, and one of the young players that fans didn't get a chance to see on the court uh th- this past opening night was austin rivers do you think that coach monty williams is is he trying to figure out the rotation uh to give his guys the the uh the right amount of minutes to make sure that they're in the games come fourth quarter yeah, you know, he mentioned several times during preseason that he realized that there were a lot of good guards on the roster. There's a lot of talent in the backcourt. And he, he actually was very upfront saying, you know, that there's going to have to be a tough conversation with somebody because basically that he, he knew he wasn't going to be able to play everyone. So as far as Austin Rivers goes, I'm not sure um, if we're going to see him tonight or how much he's going to be in the rotation short term. But, um, cause, but, you know, things change, injuries happen and, and things like that. But um, Monty basically just said that, that one of those guys was going to be the odd man out. And unfortunately for Austin, you know, he ended up with a DMP on Wednesday. But, but it's good for the team because there's just a, there's just a lot more, uh, more, more options this year than there was last year. Okay, Jim Eichenhofer, we thank you for your time. As the New Orleans Pelicans look for their first win of the regular season in game number two against the Orlando Magic. And we look forward to seeing your column on pelicans.com. And we'll see you at the arena tomorrow night. All right, Rob. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks a lot, Jim. Coming up, we'll hear from Lance Thomas and Eric Allen from the New York Jets and John DeShazer. More of the Black and Blue Report continues next. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Are you ready for healthcare reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about healthcare reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's Rob Nicey with you on this weekend edition. It is now time to preview this Sunday's game as the New Orleans Saints travel up to New Jersey in MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets. And we have on the line Eric Allen. He is the senior managing editor for the New York Jets. Eric, how's it going? Good morning. Thanks for having me on today. No problem. Now, we're talking Saints football, uh, Saints, Jets. Uh, the Jets come into this game at 500. Uh, the record kind of reflects uh, their up-and-down play th- so far this season. What are your thoughts about this weekend's matchup? Uh, on paper, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Jets because while they have alternated wins and losses for 
the first eight weeks of the season. As you just said, uh, sitting here at the halfway point with a 4-4 four and four record, and this New Orleans Saints team, uh, as you know, it's a complete ball club, and not only can Drew Brees beat you through the air, but Rob Ryan has that defensive unit playing so well down there. And the Jets need a vastly improved effort from all of their team's units this week uh, against the Saints. Because last week in Cincinnati, they fell behind very early against the Bengals, and Andy Dalton became the first quarterback uh, to throw for five touchdown passes against the Jets and Dan Marino. Now, Andy Dalton's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's in Drew Brees' category. So uh, the Jets have to play a heck of a lot better uh, pass defense, and they also got to move the football and score some touchdowns against this team if they have a chance to win and keep that script going for another week of alternating wins and losses. Now, you, you mentioned the five touchdowns that Andy Dalton was, was able to get against the Jets' defense and, and against the secondary in particular. Uh, what's so different about uh, the cornerback play and the defense on, on uh, Rex Ryan's tier? He, he's never really had that that type of defense to give up uh, so many points or so many long plays, but he has this year, and, and he still has one of his major pieces there with Cromartie. But what has been the, one of the biggest changes that you've noticed on the negative side for the defense? Yeah, it's a fair point. Listen, this defense, when you look at them, they're stopping everybody's run game. They're number one in the National Football League against the run. Last week what happened was they did not get to the quarterback. They have got to the quarterback a lot this year, from the interior with guys like Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson. Muhammad Wilkerson is having a crazy season up here. Seven sacks. I think he's got about 10 sacks in his last 13 games, despite facing a lot of uh, double-team attention. But last week, no matter what happened against Cincinnati, whether they were sending three, playing coverage and sending three, or going blitz-heavy and sending as many as six, the Jets weren't getting the Dolphins. Uh, Antonio Cromartie bothered by the hip injury. He won't use that as an excuse. Uh, he, he said that uh, Rex Ryan said a couple weeks ago, "Hey, listen, Pro's playing at a, still playing at a Pro Bowl level." And uh, Cromartie said, "Listen, I'm playing. I give myself C this year." And then you have uh, D. Milner on the opposite side, who the Jets used with the ninth overall selection in the draft, the rookie from Alabama, and he's been benched in a pair of games this year. Now, with that being said, Rex Ryan said, hey, listen, I think this guy's close to turning the corner. He's going to stay uh, at starter this week against the Saints. But uh, Dean Milner's had his ups and downs, and he's been the primary uh, outside guy opposite Crow. And then, uh, um, you know, there's been some other guys in there, obviously Kyle Wilson, slot guy. you got two new players at safety this year, and Dewan Landry is the quarterback. Of, of that secondary, and then there's also Antonio Allen, who's, uh, I think he's actually played pretty well. He did a nice job against Gronkowski a couple weeks ago. Gronk got his numbers, but Antonio Allen could uh, see a little bit of Jimmy Graham this weekend, depending on how the Saints use him. And I'll tell you what, Rex even said yesterday, I don't know if this was uh, gamesmanship or he might really actually consider it. He said, hey, we might actually throw Antonio Cromartie on Jimmy Graham a little bit. Hmm. We, we, we shall look forward to that matchup. Now on the offensive side, there is a former New Orleans Saint running back in Chris Ivory. Now, I, we know Rex Ryan loves to do the, the ground and pound uh, mentality on the offense, but it hasn't 
uh, uh, gone as well for Chris Ivory so far. What do you think has been uh, attributed to his lack of success so far in New York? Well, I think, uh, and this is something you guys are probably a little bit accustomed to down there, is that uh, Chris is a hard-nosed runner, but uh, he was slowed by a hamstring injury a couple times this year, first in training camp and then here early in the season. But I'll tell you what, when he's been on the field, he's been pretty productive, especially he was pivotal in the Jets' 30-27 to overtime victory over uh, the Patriots. He had 34 carries, a career-high 34 carries for 104 yards. And I know he said this game doesn't mean anything extra to him, but uh, i got to think deep down inside that he, he'd love to get back at the former, his former team who traded him, obviously, on draft weekend for a fourth-round pick. Uh, another thing with Ivory, and this is not a knock on him, is that Bilal Powell's played very well here early in the season for the Jets. So, with Paul playing well and an ivory slowed by a hamstring, you didn't see that production early on. But like I said, you know, the Jets are probably looking at a game where, hey, listen, if we can keep that ball on the ground, we can keep Breeze on the sideline. And uh, you know this, the Saints, although they're playing good defense, the number that jumps out at me is that they're giving up 4.8 yards a rush. So maybe, maybe the Jets can get something going on the ground this week against these guys. And I know Ivory's going to be ready for this one. And another weapon that they have in the backfield besides the running backs is Geno Smith. Now, talk about him as a rookie. He, he has 13 interceptions. He's been sacked 28 times. But you wouldn't know that if you looked at his demeanor and his swagger. Uh, he always comes into the game with the utmost of confidence. And, and this weekend is no different. And he, he's very much a threat uh, uh, to run the ball. Uh, can you talk about just – what has been the factor that, that that keeps him unwavered? Is it something that he has with, with Coach Rex Ryan to where he's he, he has that confidence in him and he has that vote of confidence from his head coach? He's an impressive young dude. I got to, you know, he does, like you said, he seemed unflappable. Last week he got pulled against the Cincinnati Bengals late when that game was out of hand despite uh, having the two pick sixes. Uh, he's been steady as far as with the media and his teammates. And I think his teammates have really gravitated uh, towards the rookie quarterback. He's had the ups and downs. Listen, uh, you know, 16 of the 17 Jets uh, giveaways have been charged to him, including 13 interceptions, I think, now. And it's been three pick sixes the last two weeks. But with that being said, you know, there's been a lot of good. He's the only quarterback since the 1970 merger with four game-winning drives in the fourth quarter overtime. And it's over his first seven career games. And you mentioned his running ability. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago against the Patriots, he took that ball, tucked it away, and ran six times for 32 yards and had an eight-yard scoring run. So I think, uh, you know, if you see that progress from him in the second half of the season, I think you could see him run a little bit more and not force so many things. But like I said, last week I think, the Jets just totally got out of their game plan because they were down, you know, before uh, the second quarter that you're playing, you're down by 20 points. So, you know, you're forced in a situation where the defense is dictating to you. And, uh, you know, trend holds here. Uh, this is going to be the good Geno this week. I mean, <laughs> we've watched him. But, yeah, like you said, with his demeanor, really calm, poised, very smart, uh, you know, unflappable. Uh, it was Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers coach, who called him a flatliner 
early this year, and I think I think that's a proper way to describe him. We have Eric Allen on the line from the New York Jets. Eric, we got to get you out of here, but we'll do it on this question. What are your final thoughts, or what do you see in terms of the matchup this Sunday from both teams, from the Saints and the Jets at MetLife Stadium? Well, you know, somebody mentioned to me uh, yesterday that the Saints, who everybody talks about how, you know, you got to get them outside the Superdome, actually that they have one of the best road percentage, uh, uh, victory percentages uh, since 2009. But with that being said, I still would rather take my chances against the Saints uh, outside at your home stadium. The Jets have been 3-1 uh, and one at MetLife Stadium this year. Uh, the theme this week has totally been bounce back, and I think they're going to come. This is a prideful group. I think they're going to be ready for this New Orleans Saints team. With that being said, this is, this is a tough, tough task. You're talking about Drew Brees, and uh, he might be surrounded by his most weapons, uh, you know, since he's gotten there in New Orleans. That, I guess that could be argued. And then the way that defense is playing, the Jets really need Geno Smith to play well and get a good effort on that defensive line and, and if they listen i'll tell you this one i know this is really elementary but with the jets they are tied for 31st in the national football league in turnover differential at minus 12 conversely the saints are plus eight the jets cannot win this game unless they're playing in the plus or at least even Okay, we shall see this Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Eric Allen, you can check him out on NewYorkJets.com. Check out his blogs. Check out the awesome columns that he has. And we're pretty sure he'll have a nice one about this game. Thanks for calling in to the Black and Blue Report, Eric. Thanks. We'll see you this Sunday. Coming up, we'll talk with Lance Thomas Ford for the New Orleans Pelicans when we return. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. And we are back with the Black and Blue Report. It's Rob Nice here, pleased to be joined by Ford for the New Orleans Pelicans, Lance Thomas. Y- your thoughts on, on the very first game in the regular season? Um, I thought we fought. I thought we fought hard. Um, I was very, you know, happy to see the uh, turnout we had with the fans. Uh, it was it reminded me of a play playoff atmosphere. Just uh, you know how excited everybody was, but you know we uh, we definitely have to you know close games like that out. You know to to get that close to winning a game and not winning, it, you know it's a little frustrating. But we we got to keep working. Now you had seven uh, seven minutes, but one rebound. But it just seems as if you were everywhere. And that, is is that the role that you become comfortable with? Just making sure you know the offense, but more focused on defense and and just being wherever your teammates need you to be. 
Yeah, definitely. When I'm out there, uh, my guys know I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it on defense, offense, whatever I need to do to, you know, help the team win. So um, I'm going to continue to make, you know, hustle plays and just just be that scrappy defender we need to have out there. I embrace that role, and um, my teammates expected of him. Now, going into the offseason, uh, you, you weren't with the team and, and came back during summer league, not even under contract, and then you were re-signed with the team. What does that do in terms of, of motivation and and embracing the role even more so to to be that guy uh, the the role player or be that guy that the team needs yeah i mean it's it just creates hunger um you know to to just know that it takes a lot of hard work to be here to uh to know our system to you know play for coach Monty, to have everybody's you know just just to be ever for everybody to just be accountable and you know i think that's something that everybody thinks that i am i'm that you know a guy that you know leads by example um and i you know i bring it every day and i continue to you know keep doing that you know that's something that i want to instill in all my teammates and um i think if 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 the bare minimum it can only help now on the on the local side you love this city uh you you love doing things here in new orleans and uh if anybody you you get a chance to to see you on twitter or instagram or anything we, we see the fishing trips we know you love to eat in new orleans um, how has being in the city another year, another off season? What's what some of the new ways that you've kind of uh, just become even more accustomed to a city like New Orleans? Um, I think New Orleans is a city uh, you either love it or you don't. I don't think there's an in between. And uh, I just happen to be one of the guys that <laughs> fell in love with the city, um, the people, the food, you know, the just the outdoors life. You know, I like to be out, outdoors. And like you said, I love to fish and do all that stuff. So um, I just, I just love how. Everybody is just down here. It's a different vibe. I'm from New Jersey. You know, I love my home state, but uh, just being here, it's just a whole new, you know, perspective on, you know, just life and, you know, just to see what another city has to offer. I think it's amazing here. Now, having that, that love for the city, you, you can look in the stands a little bit and know that the fans are, you know where they're coming from, for that perspective. You know what type of city it is. So to, to have them in the stands and to know uh, that they're cheering on you guys, what does that do when you're on the court to, to know that you're playing for such a, a passionate fan base? Uh, it's big time, and it makes you want to work even harder to, you know, make sure that everybody's happy. You know, our fans have uh, stuck with us through thick and thin. Um, you know, my first two years here weren't the years that we wanted to have, but you know, our fans still had our back, and, you know, with the transformation of everything into the Pelicans name brand, uh, you know, it was just great to have just that type of turnout, you know. It was upsetting that we didn't win, you know. Everybody was so into it, but um, I'm hoping that we get a crowd like that again on Saturday. Now, playing Orlando for the third time, whether it was in preseason, but you guys are going to play them for three times within a month. Uh, it's difficult to beat any team on any given day uh, three times in a row, but uh, what defensive uh scenarios or, or problems do uh, Orlando present in going to this game? Orlando's a, a tough team. They have a, a lot of young talent, and they're still trying to figure out their identity as well. Um, they're, you know, led by, uh, you know, a very veteran point guard in Jameer Nelson, and, you know, they have guys who are very scrappy and who want to win, you know, so just because we beat them two times doesn't mean it's going to be a guaranteed win. We have to go in there with a, a very hungry mindset, knowing that it's going to be a fight. You know, they gave Indiana a good game right before we did, so they think they can beat us, you know. So we have to go out there with the mindset that, you know, where you want to come back with the win. All right, now final question. You're a Jersey guy. The Saints are playing the Jets this Sunday. Uh, what, what was it like growing up in Jersey? Were you a Jets fan, a Giants fan, and, and your thoughts on, on the Saints' chances this weekend? Um, I hope the Saints crush the Jets. Uh, I'm not a Jets fan. Uh, I grew up a, a Giants fan. Um, but we're not having a great year at all. But um, just being down here and seeing how passionate people are about, are, about their Saints, um, 
you know, you can't help but to, you know, root for them, you know. So um, I do wish that they uh, would pound the Jets this week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before you get a chance to watch the Jets on TV, if you're not in New York or New Jersey, uh, you can check them out at the New Orleans Arena this Saturday uh, as we take on the Charlotte Bobcats for another home game for the New Orleans Pelicans. Lance Thomas, thanks for stopping by the Black and Blue Report. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and pick the games you want to watch at the newly renovated New Orleans Arena. With our five-game flex plan presented by Mannings, we have a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $45 and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. And with the purchase of every plan, you'll receive a free $25 Mannings gift card while supplies last. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Back to wrap up the Black and Blue Report. It's Rob Nice. Pleased to be joined by my normal Friday co-host to end the show, John DeShazer. JD, what's going on, man? Not much normal Friday co-host. And that does that mean you just can't find anybody else, or 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 what is that? What is that all about? That means by the time that this interview concludes, you're going to give me something that I'm going to think about the entire weekend. And the first thing is why? Why? You used to have on your Halloween costume. That's the question. Well, if you're asking me why I still look like Denzel, that's genetics. Uh, I credit my mom and dad to that. And, um, you know, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Yes. Well, uh, apparently, if we can segue into to the teams now, uh, apparently uh, Indiana had something on the Pelicans uh, late in that game. Your thoughts on that, and, and how should they just shake that off to get ready for the game this evening against Orlando? Well, it's simple. Uh, Indiana had experience on the Pelicans, and that means – a lot in this league. We were talking about a team that has NBA Finals aspirations as opposed to the Pelicans who are hoping to get in as a number seven or eight seed probably. Uh, And it showed down the stretch. They outscored the Pelicans 36-24 in the fourth quarter. But the Pelicans did a lot of things you like to see in that game. They hung even with Indiana in paint scoring 32 apiece, out-rebounded Indiana, uh, protected the basketball pretty well. And Indiana, I think just experience-wise, you know, with Paul George and David West, and Roy Hibbert and George Hill, guys who went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals last year, that kind of won the day, and I don't necessarily know if it was a whole lot the Pelicans did wrong, you know, looking for a go-to guy down the stretch, whereas Indiana has established guys who've been in those roles before. George Hill hits a huge three-pointer from the key to pretty much salt it away, and George Hill might be their fourth option if you look at all things considered. So, you know, when, when you have guys who are that good, and you can go that deep into your options, then it pays off for you on the road in, in a big way. And what I heard from the fans uh, just leaving the game and just taking a walk throughout the stands, that win or lose, they saw the effort from this team. They, they, they saw that they did hang with a team like Indiana, who did take the Miami Heat, who went on to win the world championship. They took them to seven games. So uh, to, to see that they bring back a lot of pieces, and, of course, they add Luis Scola, uh, the fans were pleased with, with – uh, the only thing that they weren't pleased with was the outcome of the game. But overall, they, they loved the effort of this team and they loved the attitude and the overall swagger, uh, in particular with Anthony Davis. Well, I got to say, you know, last night's effort, you know, the, the, the Wednesday effort would have been enough 
to beat a lot of teams in the NBA. <laughs> you know, maybe not Indiana, maybe not Miami, maybe not San Antonio, but the vast majority of teams in the NBA, you beat them that way. AD looks, you know, like a different player. He played David West on the post as well as he could play him last year. You know, he didn't have the, the body mass and the strength to hold David West off a spot or to post David West up. He did both on Wednesday night. So those are encouraging things. Drew Holiday looked like an all-star point guard, and, and Eric Gordon looked healthy. Those three pieces in the starting lineup. And let's not forget, the Pelicans were missing Ryan Anderson. They missed that bench threat, and I think not having him affected somewhat that second unit. It threw everything out of whack in terms of rotation. Also, I think it affected Anthony Morrow in, in the fact that you don't have two guys who can – space the floor and you can drive and kick to and so I think that played a factor into it too so you know, yeah a lot of encouraging things AD is is you know a beast yeah AD is <laughs> a beast and, and because you know it's so deep in the Western Conference that power forward he might not get to the all-star game this year but AD is is an all-star talent I think he's going to be in the all-star game in a couple of years and I think he's going to make one of those seven eight year runs in the all-star game and and looking at, at David West, there there are not a lot of players like David West who who can shoot the ball and also have those those quote unquote those old man moves to where they could use their brain more than he uses his body. So thankfully, uh, as the forwards, they're they're not as big as David West and, and uh, Renzi Onuaku. I think later on during the season, when we see Indiana in Indiana, uh, uh, Onuaku, who's who just had his first taste of NBA action. This is the first time he's been with an NBA team. He's had some time in the D League, but I think by the time we face another player like David West, he'll be more seasoned and more ready. But for for AD and what we saw, uh, the the go to moves, the blow buys, and just his first step on some NBA All Star Championship caliber players, I'm encouraged by what I see. Well, there aren't many fours in the league like that. Uh, AD can get the ball at the key, he can take one dribble, and he can go down the left lane. But he'll lay it up right handed because he gets his shoulders in front of you, and it only takes him the one step to get there. And you don't have guys who can guard that kind of move. So. You know, he's always going to be able to blow by most fours in the league. Not not many guys can go out on the floor. Not, not many guys have that speed, that versatility, that quickness. So he's going to be able to do some things against most power forwards or centers. And there were times when he was matched up on Hibbert last night. You know, there are going to be some instances where he's just going to blow by people and there's nothing they can do about it. We shall see. They do play the Orlando Magic tonight, and they come back home to face the Charlotte Bobcats at the New Orleans Arena tomorrow evening. Now, shift the focus to the Saints. Uh, they play a New York Jets team who, who's shown that they can beat the big teams, but they also can show their, their experience as well with the rookie quarterback and Geno Smith. Uh, what are your thoughts about this matchup for this Sunday as the Saints look to go 7-1? Well, the Jets are going to be pretty salty. I mean, they lost 49-9 last week, and that's not the team they are. So they've been up and down, up and down, up and down. They were obviously down last week. I, I, I expect them to be, I'm sure Coach Sean Payton expects them to be up this week. They're not going to be 49-9 to nine bad, and they're going to be home, and they're 3-1 and one at home. And so they played pretty well at MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands. Hopefully, you know, the Saints will understand that. I don't think they're looking ahead to Dallas next week, you know, to that Sunday night primetime game. They're looking at the task at hand because they understand. They've seen the Jets. The Jets get to the quarterback. They have 25 sacks. The Jets put pressure on you. They, you know, they create a lot of fumbles. They don't get a lot of them. They're minus 12 in the turnover ratio, but that tells you how good they've been when they've been good because most teams that are minus 12 are probably about 0 and 8 right now. So, you know, for them to be 4 and 4, that tells you how good they are when they are good, and the Saints are expecting them to be good Sunday. Battle of the Ryan brothers has been talked about for weeks, and this matchup will happen. JD, we know you got to get to the plane. Uh, it's leaving in just a little bit as the Saints are going to travel uh, to to New York in that New Jersey area to get ready for the game. And uh, final thoughts, just just on this overall weekend for the Pelicans and the Saints. Why should fans tune into both? 
Well, because they're two good teams. Um, one team's barreling toward the playoffs. That would be the Saints. And one team we think is going to get into the playoffs, and that would be, be the Pelicans. And you hope that the Pelicans can take care of business against lesser teams. And I don't you know, mean to disrespect anybody, but lesser teams like the Orlandos of the league. Those are the wins they're going to have to stack up because when you get to the Indianas and the San Antonios and Memphis and OKC, those aren't necessarily toss-up games. Those won't be games they'll be favored to win. And that, therefore, you have to take care of business when the business is to be taken care of. And like Monty Williams says, you know, don't fool around. Don't mess with the game, and the game won't mess with you. So hopefully they can get that in their head. They're a young team, so you don't want their attention span to, to stray. All right, once again, a fun-filled weekend for the Saints and Pelicans. The Pelicans face the Orlando Magic this evening in Orlando, and then they come home tomorrow to face the Charlotte Bobcats, and then you can catch the NFL kickoff for the New Orleans Saints as they face the New York Jets. Special thanks to my special guests, everybody special around here, J.D., Eric Allen from the New York Jets, of course, Lance Thomas for stopping by the Black and Blue Report, and Jim Eichenhofer, who is on the road right now in Orlando covering the Pelicans. Be sure to check out his cool articles on Pelicans.com. J.D., we look forward to your interview with head coach Sean Payton on NewOrleansSaints.com, and we thank everybody for downloading the podcast and listening to the Black and Blue Report. J.D., safe travels, and we'll see you when we get back from New York. We'll be back. Come back with a W, baby. We're bringing it home. All right, you guys have a safe and fun-filled weekend, the Black and Blue Report. Be sure to check out the best of tomorrow with my man Diesel in Studio B. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.